Welcome, everyone. You are on the air with the IWFFA. I'm your host, Diane Barrelson. It's December 16th, 2021, and I'm alone tonight. My co-host, Dawn, is away, and so I thought it would be wonderful if we could hear a great interview we had a few years ago with Kelly McGillis. And, you know, the Kelly McGillis Classic 30th is coming up next month. So I thought it would be very appropriate. And I think you're going to really enjoy the conversation we had with Miss Kelly McGillis. I want to go over some of the things that's been happening with the IWFFA. And so I want to congratulate from our Guatemala flag football tournament, Libelelulas. And that's a team from Guatemala who took the championship. Second place was Phoenix. Third was Mustangs and Celtus came in fourth place. And it was really not a regular tournament. It was more a, a friendship game because of COVID in Central America. Other teams from other Central American countries could not easily travel. So it was basically El Salvador teams versus Guatemala team. So congratulations, Libelalulas. I also wanted to let you guys know that our 2021 Forward Pass magazine issue is out and it's really spectacular. I got to say the artwork was phenomenal. The stories are really great. And anyone listening to the podcast should check it out. It's on our website, available for download, iwffa.com, and uh, download the 2021 Forward Pass magazine. And you can also download all of the past annual magazines. There's stories about our flag football women and girls around the world, things that are interesting for women to read and learn about. So go check that out. It's really tough being by myself. I tell you, it's been many, many years. I can't remember the last time I was on... <laughs> on the air with the IWFFA all by myself and I'm struggling, bear with me. I'm gonna announce just a few things since I'm struggling so much and then I'm gonna turn it over to our interview from 2019 with Kelly McGillis. And I'm gonna let everyone know that we are still running our Afghan fundraiser. You know, that's a really huge effort that the IWFFA has undertaken. We are bringing 40 of our women and girls from Afghanistan to Kiwi. West Florida, where we've gotten jobs and housing for the Afghans. What we're doing is raising money for some of their expenses. The attorneys, Bridget and Sahar from Cambria, a law firm, have been phenomenal uh, working pro bono. Bridget is a flag football player of ours. Years ago, she competed in our tournaments. She's not playing now currently, but she wonderfully had agreed to work to get the Afghans out of Afghanistan. Situation is really dire. And we spoke about it at the last on the air with the IWFFA radio show. So all we're doing right now is waiting for the airplane. And we have a humanitarian organization who does that. And as soon as they get the word, our Afghans are going to be able to leave Kabul and travel to Qatar. And then they come to the United States to a military base where they get vetted for COVID. And they'll have training, by the way, for the transition from the culture in Afghanistan to to United States, the American culture. So if you'd like to please make a donation, you can go to our Facebook page, International Women's Flag Football Association. We have a page special just for the Afghan fundraiser. And I want to thank Leila.
Lani Nurani because she had matched the first 1,000 donations this month, starting December 1st, and we exceeded $1,000 donations and she matched it. We are currently, we are at just over 10,000. Our goal is 30,000. So please make a donation, $5 here, $5 there. Or if you got money, make the big donation. These are our flag football women. They're human beings in a country that women are persecuted, especially because they broke Taliban law. They dared to play a sport. And it's amazing, this world. It's just amazing. I'm going to remind you that the deadline to register for the 30th Kelly McGillis Classic is four days away on the 20th. That's the deadline. And we have exceeded 30 teams. Our goal was 30 teams for the 30th Kelly McGillis Classic. And we actually have 31 teams. And that's really sweet. We have nine girls teams, six junior teams. We have 16 women's teams. Eight of those women's teams are international. That would be Jamaica, Honduras, Morocco, Pakistan, El Salvador, Sweden, Panama. And we have American teams, Pittsburgh, who took the tournament in PT town last year. They're coming back. There is a special veteran women's flag football team over the age of 45. There's Blue Wave, St. Louis, Team Aqua, Fair Villa Loose Women, Cat 5, BT All-Stars, First Order, Key West, RFTN Sosa, Big Pine Women, and we've got our international teams, Jamaica, Morocco, and as I said before. So that's really that's really nice to have so many teams back. We have four fields for the competition. If you want to register, just go to our website or you can email IWFFA at IWFFA.com. We are, let me see if there's anything else I need to explain. April, we have our flag football festival, which is really unique. I just want to let uh, women know that this is a, something very special. We invite all of our flag football women to join. It's a week of camping with women only from other teams around the world. And we are there for each other. We will have clinics workshops for every position in flag football, plus women's empowerment, women's support groups, women's music, women's drumming, indigenous women, etc. And that's really a special experience. It's a takeoff from the Michigan Women's Fest. Michigan Women's Fest was a phenomenal phenomenon and more than 5,000 women. They would have over 7,000 women on women's land. And after one week of sharing that environment, you left the land really empowered. Howard, proud to be a woman with a stronger female spirit. So that's April 10th to the 17th. Before then, we have other things going on. Pakistan, IWFFA begins its promotions next year, February in Pakistan. And then we have also Honduras flag football tournament, March 19th to the 20th. And New Orleans will have our second in the United States, New Orleans, Louisiana, March 26th to the 27th. That's it's a really nice tournament also because it's cheap to fly into Louis Armstrong Airport. It's cheap transportation, <laughs> hotels cheap, the food, restaurants cheap. And so if you're on a tight budget, that's the great tournament for you. And uh, also the Honduras tournament is a great tournament. You know, right now there's price wars with airline companies. And I got 169 round trip from Miami to El Salvador. There's also another price, uh, 189 from Miami to 
Honduras. So check into that. And then, of course, the hotels are really super cheap, Central America. So anyway, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, you're going to hear a wonderful, phenomenal interview with Kelly McGillis, actress, our namesake for the for the tournament that started the International Women's Flag Football Association held in Key West, Florida. The dates for our upcoming 30th classic is going to be January 24th to the 31st. That'll That's the full week for games only. It's from the 27th to the 30th. So enjoy the interview. I'm going to sign off from here. I want to wish everyone from the IWFFA, everyone, happy holidays, happy new year, and may 2022 be the best flag football experience you ever have. Hi, this is Kelly McGillis. Join me for all the action on and off the field at the annual Kelly McGillis Classic in Key West. So here we are at the Kelly McGillis Classic. And wouldn't you know it, guess who I'm next to? What's your name? Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis. <laughs> Our namesake. So, Kelly, everybody wonders, um, star actress, witness, accused, and um, uh, uh, Top Gun. Top Gun. Um, but you got your... So, they wonder, how did we get your name uh, connected to this event? Well, because I used to live here in Key West, and you approached me in 1999 about helping sponsor this event, and I agreed to do that, and I was really honored and pleased to agree to do that, because it's turned out to be a really fun experience, and I really love being a part of all of the excitement, and all, the, especially the little girls. Because they're so much fun to watch, and they they really have a great time. Now, now I got to tell our listeners though that uh, the reason why the girls got involved is because in '99 you agreed to loan us your name and sponsor us because two things: <clears throat> I had to have girls part of the uh, tournament, and we had to have a parade. I don't remember the parade. You said I that. I think that's urban myth. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was true, and so because we call it Kelly's Players Parade. Every year. Oh, I didn't know that. Isn't it interesting though in time? So that was 99. That's like 19 years ago. Yeah. It is funny. You know, we should write things down. We should write things down because 18 years from now, I don't know if we're, I'm going to remember that much. But anyway, so I remember in those days too, it wasn't long after your Top Gun came out and there's a, there was a theme song from Top Gun. Do you remember the St. Louis women when during the awards they sang you that song? The theme song to oh, Top Gun. I don't remember. They got it's on too their long knees. Ago. <laughs> they got on their knees and they sang it for you. And I didn't understand. Someone says that was a theme song for uh, Top Gun. No, it was really a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it was. You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. There's no tenderness like grief in your face. You're trying hard not to show it But baby, baby, I know it You lost that love and feeling Oh, that love and feeling You've lost that love And I should let uh, also everyone know that when you are here, uh, many years you are here, 
not all years now because now you've uh, you've moved away. You're living outside of Key West, but you hand out all the awards. You we raffled you off one year, and I remember <laughs> I remember Joey set that up. Joey set that up, and the winner was gonna have dinner with you, and you asked Joey, Joey, please, could it be lunch? Because people were getting the wrong impression. What did you think about that when Joey raffled you off? It was a little weird. You know, it's very odd to sit down and have a meal with somebody who's purchased you, one, and two, that you don't know. So you're kind of like trying to have conversation. Absolutely. It's very difficult because, you know, usually you have dinner with people who know you, and it's easy to have a conversation. But with somebody I didn't know, it was a little awkward. Even though I was more than happy to do it as a fundraiser, it was a little awkward. <laughs> also, you have played on the field. You've been a loose woman two years. Yes, I was. And wh- why did you do that? For cause you, Now, you are a tennis player. Yes. And you've got a serve that kills. And you still play tennis? No, no, not anymore. Okay. but uh, And then uh, on the field, you did... Uh, what did it feel like to be on the field? Well, first off, I enjoyed playing. I enjoyed practicing far more than I enjoyed playing because the years that I played, one of those years, the women were incredibly aggressive. Yes. It wasn't like just grabbing your flag. It was knocking you over. Right. And um, things have changed since then, thank goodness. Yeah. But it was a little intimidating to be up against these really big, aggressive women. Yeah. And I was just in there to play the game. I wasn't in the remote sense as competitive as they were. You know, that's interesting about female athletes. You have those who are very competitive, and then you have those who just want to socialize and exercise. You know, like... This year, we've got Big Pine women's flag football team. They're mothers. They're moms. And they're here for the challenge. And um, for that, so, but then you've got teams from India and Egypt this year. They, how competitive. I think our toilet relay race was the most competitive <laughs> ever. And it was just, I had to tell, you know, so they were complaining. Uh, the team that came in second and third, I had to say, you have to understand, this is just a fun game. You know, it's, it's. You don't have to take this one home with you, you know? (laughs) But anyway, that's the thing with the women's uh, athletes. But now, how have you seen in the early years? You're right. It was very aggressive players back then. And we had many divisions. It was uh, 36. It was 42. 49 was the largest tournament. And um, it was just before. Actually, you know, this event seeded the women's tackle. They got all their players from our teams. And that helped to establish women's tackle today. Well, I can attest that I played with some of them, and they certainly are good at it. That's right. And, you know, uh, it was a blessing in disguise. It was sad for us at first because a lot of them signed deals that they couldn't play for another team, and that included flag football. But now we have, look at the camaraderie uh, with the teams. I mean, you really have a good feel in the parade yesterday. Um, the Indians were behind the uh, Americans, and the Americans were giving them their raincoats and their jackets to wear because they were in the holding the banners and getting chilled. So, so what do you think now? Through the years, has happened to this event? 
I think it's kind of mellowed a bit. I mean, it's not as cutthroat competitive, and I think that's a good thing. You know, I mean, it's nice to be competitive, yeah. but to be killer competitive, I think, is really a destructive thing, either socially, economically, anything. Right. I think it's right. always destructive, and I think the level of competition is still there. It's just not so demeaning or degrading or things like that. Oh, and, that yeah. and I think it fosters a better all-around spirit between all the teams. Right. You know, we can right. all get together at night and play games and have fun, and it's not necessarily us against you. Exactly. It's an individual thing. Exactly. And so I think it's a much more uh, giving spirit. I think, personally, I think that uh, with our capitalistic... Uh, country society you know <clears throat> winning is everything and money and all that stuff that it um takes away from sports yeah i do too yeah so i, I think that yeah. there's healthy com competition and i think there's unhealthy competition yeah. and when it's when it's a lose some game you know i think that people get hurt and devastated How and this is more of a win-win everybody gets to win how about those girls uh, yesterday at the opening ceremonies? I asked them if they were going to die tomorrow, and they had their last flag football game today. Would they rather win a hundred to nothing or lose six to seven? There was there was quite a few hands that went up to win the game, but there was more hands that went up to have that comp competitive, that great competition. You yeah, know? and it's ultimately it's about playing the game. Yeah, it's about playing. If you're out outgunned so to speak right you you can't really play it's not fun right you know so um now let's talk a little bit about you tell us now what you're doing now with your life you are you doing still doing movies or plays no i i i've kind of left that whole business for a wide variety of reasons was it a great was it a great experience to be this actress that you were oh well yes yes it was i was really happy to be able to do what i wanted to do when i grew up you know not many people get to say they've made their living being an actor oh you always dreamed of being an actress when you well, were a young girl when i was a little girl yeah i never thought i'd do film i went to the juilliard school of drama and really trained uh, in theater i never imagined that i would make movies um but I always, even all throughout my career, I would always go back to doing Shakespeare in Washington, D.C. I did a lot of work for the Shakespeare Theater in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, that's my first love. Uh, you know, I also, there's a whole thing about uh, beauty and youth and viability in, this in, in that industry right. that I just didn't want to be a part of, you know, That's and, funny. Um, objectifying yourself, allowing others to objectify you, that always made me feel very uncomfortable. Right. Um, so I, I decided at a certain point as I got older, you know, yes, I could have gone out and done plastic surgery and done all that stuff, but I don't want to. Right. I want to be able to age, to be who I am and to be proud of that and not to feel diminished because I don't go out and do something to myself, you right. know. Um, I, and I think that there's great value in being older and wiser and having that wisdom and not wanting to erase it. You know, it's a betrayal of self, I think, to try to erase who you are right. and be somebody else. And I couldn't do that anymore. Um, 
But now I spend a lot of time, you know, with my church, and I, I spend a lot of time volunteering, doing Feed the Kids. Aren't you a pastor? No, I studied. I, I did take do a program for four years called Education for Ministry. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm not. And I found that very interesting, and I really I wanted to study uh, Christianity because I didn't have a background in Christianity. And so it's a four-year study program where you read the Bible, uh, every single page of it. Oh, boy. You, uh, you know, it really is a hot uh, book, isn't it? The Bible. It's wild. Well, it's it's filled with a lot of wild <laughs> stories. Yeah, and a lot of violence and a lot of, you know, just, there's a lot to the Bible. I mean, that's a whole different show to do if was we there wanted a book to of, talk about was theology. There a, was there a book of Ruth and Mary at one time? Um, and they took it out? Ruth, and there Ruth, is, yeah. they, they found uh, in, I can't say the name, Hognami, I can't say it, but anyway, they found a, a book of Mary, just pieces of it. It's wow. not a full book. Wow. Um, and so, I mean, I enjoyed doing that. I learned a lot. And uh, so now I just do a lot of volunteer work and I do the Feed the Kids program. I cook for them. I serve. I uh, do uh, the rescue mission where I live. Rescue what? Animals? No, the rescue mission serve food uh, to, oh, okay. to uh, homeless mm-hmm. people. And so I do a lot of things like that that I really enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So, so let me see. What else should we talk about? Ellie, you got a question for uh, Kelly? Ellie's from El Salvador. She's sitting next to us and uh, listening to the conversation. She has the most beautiful hair in the world. (laughs) Beautiful hair and and hot lips. She spends a lot of time on those lipsticks, putting uh, application. (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, um, um, I have a, I have a question. Um, When, when did you decide um, changing direction? Like uh, going into Christianity and reading the whole Bible, you were saying, and how's that experience well, for you? I um, I started really changing direction. I got sober in 2001, and I think that my focus started shifting because I became a single parent, and uh, I wanted to be the best mother I could be. Uh, because I don't think I was a very good mother when I was drinking. And so I really focused my attention for 10 years on raising my kids and learning how to be a parent and learning how to be a sober parent. And work was not very important to me at all. And then, you know, through that course of time, I just started focusing my life in other areas like service work and giving back to the community because the community has done so much for me and then my interest in Christianity came when I got sober and they talk about finding a higher power I had no background in Christianity whatsoever so my background was more in Taoism and Buddhism and I wanted to learn about Christianity so I found this program at a church I was going to and I signed up for it and the first year we read the Old Testament the second year we read the New Testament and we read it in context when it was written why it was written and who it was written to so um, And then all through the course, and then the third year is Christian history with the big C. 
uh, starting What at do you mean Christian hi- history with the a whole, big C? The, the whole uh, history of Christianity, not a specific Christian Oh, because there's a lot of different uh, denominations. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, by region? No, by just the history, meaning all regions, all okay. kinds of Christianity. Like Lutherism came later in uh, Scandinavia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, but it started pre- 2,000 years before Christianity. So that's when, you know, started studying. I mean, that's when the history of Christianity really started. And um, <clears throat> did that. And then the third year is theology, philosophy, and ethics. So, and through the course of those four years, I also read a lot of different books uh, throughout. Religious books? Um, some religious books, some more about uh, talking about philosophy, some others, you know, talking about uh, social justice issues, which I really was fascinated by. Yeah. Um, We're going to take a break now, and when we return, we'll talk more with Kelly McGillis and Ellie from El Salvador. Hi, this is Kelly McGillis. Join me for all the action on and off the field at the annual Kelly McGillis Classic in Key West. The IWFFA is for girls, juniors, women of all ages, teams, and loose women, individual players. We welcome all levels of play, whether you're a novice or the best of the best. It's all about uniting under one umbrella female flag football all over the world. Women should rule their own sports, and we do. So join us today and experience the excitement. Female flag football at its best. She threw a pass. She threw a pass. She threw a long pass. A long pass. It was a touchdown. It was a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about the uh, social justice? You feed the homeless now. What do you think about that, uh, what's happening in our country? There's a lot of people here in Key West who are homeless. They're working, but they're homeless. Yeah. Well, I, I think that we have a huge problem in this country. The country. Between the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. And, um... I think that the cost of living for housing, food, shelter, medication, and health care have become so outrageously expensive, I can't even afford my own health care. That's how crazy, and expect to live and have, you know, a home and all those things. I'm on a fixed You're 60, income. You're 60 now, right? I'm 62. Okay. But it's a problem, and it's a pervasive problem, and it's a real problem, and people in this country are suffering because of it. Yeah. And something has to happen. Right. It's going to break. It's something, breaking. It's breaking. Something has to happen because it just can't go on this way. People can't afford to have healthy lives anymore. It's. Right. I think it's really heartbreaking, and it's heartbreaking to me because... People, this whole country was kind of founded on the idea that you could have a better life for yourself. And sadly, right. that's not becoming the case. Right. You know, people on a minimum wage cannot afford 
their housing. They cannot afford food. They cannot afford gas, and they cannot afford health care. I don't understand how we can possibly live in a country where you can have a full-time job and not be able to afford those things. It's frightening to me. It's terrifying. So I really, I I enjoy doing things in my community for the community. You know, like Feed the Kids is for the kids who will go home and on a weekend and they won't have a hot meal for the whole weekend right. you know so um, the program makes sure that you know 300 kids 350 kids on a Friday night get a hot meal big businesses years ago a hundred years ago they had to provide housing for their workers and that's gonna history is gonna repeat itself big business big corporations are gonna have to pay for the housing for their workers so let's change the the, the pace here um, you know Tell us a funny story. Oh my God. <laughs> right off the top such of my a head. Ser- such a serious uh, conversation. Switch. I don't know. Let's see. Um, I can't I got a funny, funny story. I got a funny story. I got a funny story. Uh, some, well, I remember when you did play on the Loose oh, Women's too. Team and you had your performance. Popcorn was the name of the play. And you had to wear a skimpy outfit, and uh, you didn't want the director to see your black and blues. I remember that much. Yeah, my and my legs came were black back, and blue for and, weeks. And um, I thought it was great because you came back to the field the next day to explain this to the team, and you got back on that field, you know. So that was wonderful. I, I think it was great that your two daughters, you, um, they would play um, uh, when you first signed up to the flag football. Your Sonora was uh, seven years old. Uh, Kelsey was a little bit... So in that uh, age group, probably ten. Ten. So we had originally girls from nine years uh, and older, but uh, Sonora was seven years old. So we changed the rules so that she could play. And in our tournament this year, we have uh, a bunch of seven-year-olds. Great. And it's uh, it's fun. So um, well, I don't know if that was funny, but it was interesting. <laughs> So, but listen, and and here you are this year, and uh, we you that parade yesterday. What did you think about that parade? It was fun. It's always fun. Yeah, it's I was a, sad it rained a bit, but yeah, but it was nice. I was in the back. I'm always at the end, and uh, I could see up front, and it was a lot of hooping, hooping and hollering. Oh, those girls screaming and yelling for the whole way. I couldn't believe it. I said, I can't believe they haven't lost their voices. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they have. We're going to take a break now, and when we return, we'll talk more with Kelly McGillis and Ellie from El Salvador. Have you registered for the next IWFFA tournament? It's easy. It's fun. It's flag football. We welcome all ages and levels of team play from highly competitive, competitive, social, beginners, juniors, and girls. And we want to see you and your team on the field at the next IWFFA tournament. We offer tournaments throughout the year and around the world. Just go to our International Women's Flag Football Association's website. Experience the excitement and play IWFFA. Female flag football from all over the world at its best. See us on YouTube, our website, and email IWFFA at IWFFA.com today to join. See you on the field. You did the monologues this year. Let's talk about the one, the, the, the player who is deaf. Now, tell us about Jenny, uh, Ellie. She, she's deaf or she can't talk? Both. She's deaf oh, and she can't talk. So 
But she, she she cannot talk. No, she cannot talk. And she cannot hear. She cannot hear at all. Did you know that, Kelly? No, I didn't know she couldn't speak. But you know, it was amazing. She wrote a piece. She signed up for the monologues. Yeah, she wrote a piece. And was it you? No. Veronica. Veronica, was right. Veronica was reading the piece while uh, Jenny was signing it. And it was really beautiful. And the monologues this year, people could bring in a piece or they could write a piece. And I, you know, I have to say that I really appreciated the people who wrote something and brought it in. To right. me, that was really much more powerful. And I think if we do it again, I think the requirement should be that you write a piece of something that's important we to are, you. We are going to do it again. And I think uh, when we, uh, we should promote the, the monologues, we had some great footage and um, it was professionally done. We, we should explain to our listeners that you had two days of training, and then uh, Wednesday evening was the was the evening of monologues in front of a live audience. And um, very, I really appreciate it because, like you said, the ones who wrote about something, they talked about the flag football. And you know, for me too, my life is so um, enmeshed with the flag football, and it gives me direction and it gives me meaning. I mean, I transfer a lot of stuff on the field with my life, and. Um, so that's my game, but um, it helps me become a stronger person. And they too, other people, it was nice to know that they're also wrapped up in the sport. Oh, and there was one woman who talked about being overweight and how flag football really helped her self-esteem and yeah. for her to learn that she can do it. I mean, I could so identify with that and it wasn't necessarily flag football for me, but I was an overweight kid and I totally could identify with her feelings. It was, I think, um, the pieces that people wrote were really powerful. Yeah. And so I would like to encourage that in the future. And it doesn't have to be about flag football, but I think that the point, the point of it for me is to allow a venue for somebody to express something that may not be able to be expressed um, in a space that isn't safe. And I would like to help create that safe space. There is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. It's your experience. And you can't you can't criticize anyone else's experience. You know, I, I wish, you know, we're going to do, so I'm sorry that we didn't do and we should do, we had a bunch of teams, Pakistan, Afghanistan, El Salvador, whose visas were rejected. And that would have been a great opportunity to ask the women to write a monologue and have somebody here present at the event to read the monologue for them. I felt for these people. They wanted to come and join the competition so bad. And they couldn't get in the country. Why is that? Because of Trump's new immigration policy? Well, for sure, it's much stricter with Trump, but also with Obama, it was very strict. The uh, Central American, but there was not much press on the uh, Central American. They get an excuse, 214, they have to prove to the person who interviews them at the U.S. Embassy in their country, in Afghanistan, Pakistan, in El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, they have to prove that they're going to come back to your home country. So they have children, they have good jobs, they have um, things that are that ties them to their country. We had one woman who just finished a five-year degree for engineering. She had to do three months of practical, and then she'd get her degree, 
they rejected her. And if that doesn't prove that you're going to go back to your country to get that, finish up that degree, but then they give you a general vague letter, 214. They didn't meet the requirements and it was at their discretion. And then they write the, to the politicians, they say, oh, we gave it a very deep thought and we, we took everything into consideration. However, 214, ah, it was yeah, sad. That, it was heartbreaking that they yeah. couldn't come. So I'm very sad about that. I have to figure out what to do because we're International Women's Flag Football Association. And I had to, you know, if we are not allowing a lot of countries ready to go, had money for their plane tickets, had uh, no problem. But it was that visa. And every time they go for their appointment, it's $160. Holy cow. Yeah. Really sad. But anyway, okay, listen, now I, um, I think I have to go, I have to go do something. <laughs> Good. I'm, so, I'm going to go. I'm going. And I want to thank you, Kelly. And uh, I'll see you here for the rest of the weekend. And uh, thanks for giving us your name. When we do, it's just wonderful having you here. So thank you. Uh, I enjoy being here a great deal. You want to, you know, you can always sign up for the Loose Woman's team. I'm too old to play. No, you're not. Yeah. We had a woman in P-Town, 72 years old. God bless her. I just, yeah. I have a condition that doesn't allow okay. me to do that. All right. Okay. Unfortunately. All right. But thank you, Kelly. And thank you, Ellie. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm very glad and excited to be here.